three, two, one. Oh my God, what a long day. Thanks for joining me, everyone. I hope you've had a better day than I have. It's been a fucking long one. I was at uni for like, oh my God, for like three and a half hours and got fuck all done because that's pretty much the the nature of group work. And that was just in the most boring class ever. But, you know, you can't win them all. Um, However, I guess, you know, it's important to keep on pushing through and just um, trying to find something that I can enjoy about it. And for me, that's just the drive there and the drive home. (laughs) I don't know, that sounds pretty depressing. Um, but it gives me a bit of time to catch up, catch up on some podcasts that I, that I listen to, um, think about kind of, uh, information I want to put out in my own podcasts, uh, and also just to see what's going on. I don't really, I don't listen to radio. I think radio is the biggest fucking waste of time because it's, let's be honest, it's probably 20% of the time music you like, um, another 20% of the time music you don't like. And then 60% of the time, it's just absolutely fucking shit chat. Um, Whether that be in the form of ads or um, people who are 15 years past their prime on breakfast radio who have no idea what they're talking about and they're not funny at all. Um, But irrespective of that, uh, so today, I'm not sure how long this is going to go for, but it's, it's, I can't, I say that because I don't think it'll be a longer one. I think it'll be more of a shorter one. Um, But basically what I've prepared, I know I've actually prepared this time. And I'm pretty proud of myself for preparing this because I have a, a very rough headache right now. Um, but I have to record it because I said I do Tuesday, Thursday uploads. Um, and obviously without the rugby anymore, I actually need to be more creative with the things I'm coming up with. So what I've prepared today um, is my five steps for the perfect workout. And obviously that's a bit of a clickbaity title because there's no such thing as perfect. But if we can replicate very, very good over and over again, that we can get as close to a perfect as we possibly can. So I've selected five steps um, off the top of my head. I might have missed something, but I I think I've encompassed everything quite well. Um, I've got five steps that if you can do this for every single workout that you ever do, whether you train twice a week or 10 times a week, you're going to do well here. And this is not just weights. um, This is whatever training session you do, whether you go to soccer training on a Tuesday afternoon or whether you play social netball or you're a powerlifter or rugby player or whatever you do, um, or swimmer, these are all important things. So we'll start off very, the very first thing is nutrition. Um, now in terms of nutrition for best, best for performance, there's so, you know, we've had information and scientific studies to indicate that carbohydrates are the body's most efficient form of energy. Therefore, before our workouts, you know, I think it's a good idea to have some form of carbohydrates. Now you can do it in a multitude of ways. Uh, If you have a bit more time to eat beforehand, maybe two or three hours beforehand, you can do a slow releasing carbohydrate like rice or potatoes. Um, But, you know, I train, I eat at about 7 15 and i train at nine or beforehand so i need something pretty quick so for me that's fruit in my breakfast shake it's not so much a shake because there's no protein powder in it it's more like a nutribullet smoothie and then i have a red apple as well um so that's a fair amount of carbohydrates in the form of i guess you could call it sugar but really it's fructose naturally occurring sugars from fruit 
Um, and that's my carbohydrate beforehand. And I've found that this is by far my bet, my best way of training is I need those carbohydrates because I get hungry um, throughout the night and I, I'm hungry in the morning. Another thing is like people say you're training on an empty stomach. I can't. Um, in my opinion, if you're lifting, you might be able to like, I remember I swam on an empty stomach. So you can possibly still do that. Um, but in terms of if you're doing weightlifting, uh, I probably wouldn't recommend uh, working out on an empty stomach. So I would recommend carbohydrates before and after. But we'll start with before because that's the most important bit. So I would aim for you know maybe 50 to 100 grams of carbohydrates beforehand. Um, so what would 50 grams look like? Probably two apples worth um, would be great. Banana is another great way of getting in carbs. Uh, and overall, like I like frozen fruit in, um, in my smoothie in the morning. And a good way of doing this is like, if you haven't really found frozen fruit that tastes good, um, Coles, you know, I'll do some advertising for Coles. Coles do like a really good frozen fruit mix. It's a tropical smoothie mix. It's got pineapple, mango, banana, and papaya. I think it is. Um, and it's, it is delicious. Like it is so good. It tastes like, it tastes like, um, ice cream when it's all blended up and it's so good. And I love it in the mornings. Um, and then I have an apple with that. So that's what I have beforehand. Um, but you want to have a good basis of nutrition. If carbs aren't for you, you can do a protein and fat meal, um, like bacon and eggs. That's cool as well. Uh, but I found carbohydrates are most beneficial for me. So the next bit is you've driven to wherever training you need to go. If you're swimming, you've driven to the pool, you've driven to the field, you've driven to um, the weights room, wherever you need to be, you're there. So now we're going to start with a warm up, And this is, in my opinion, for longevity, from what I've seen from older people who lift and are still in great shape, a warm-up is non-negotiable. Um, I always cringe whenever someone tells me they don't warm up or when... Possibly I see someone just walk in to the gym and not warm up at all because it's dangerous for the joints. It's dangerous for the muscles um, because you haven't prepared and you haven't prepared the central nervous system at all. Um, you haven't prepared the joints or the muscles either. It's it's the equivalent of walking of having a test and walking in um, with no study and you don't know what the what the content is. You know, you're going to walk in and fair enough, you might back yourself, but the chances of something going wrong are much higher. So with a warm up, the way I structure it is self myofascial release to start with. So that's just a complex way of saying foam rolling. Um, I foam roll my legs, my glutes. This is mainly on my lower body days. Um, so my legs, my glutes, my IT band, which is basically um, the muscle alongside running, you know, on the outside of your leg, um, of your upper leg. Uh, my calves as well, lower ankle. Uh, what else do I do? I do my back. Uh, that's important. I do my back like multiple times every day to make sure that my upper back isn't getting too tight. Um, that's pretty much all the foam rolling I do. After I've done my foam rolling, I do some um, dynamic stretching. So basically this is just stretching when I'm moving around. So I'll do some leg swings, some side leg swings. Um, I'll do some... Jeez, I've completely forgotten what I do. I'll do just some squats, some body weight squats to get the blood moving. I'll do some terminal knee extensions, which is basically when you, you know, loop a resistance band around, you anchor a resistance band to a pole, put your foot through the loop 
where the um so have the band behind the back of your knee and basically just um let your let it pull your knee forward and then flex your leg it's going to warm up the knees well um that could kind of fall under the next bit which is activation but in terms of dynamic warm-up you know we're just trying to get loose trying to get flowy trying to get the blood flowing especially if you train in a cold environment um if, if especially if you're someone who trains um, at night time, which most of us do now, which is fuck, oh man, I hate night training, but you know, it's just, sometimes it just has to happen, especially if you train outside and in a team sport, uh, it's just, it has to, it's just what has to be done. Um, but overall, you know, it's just about getting loose and you have a pretty good indication of where you're tight and where you need to stretch out. Um, so that's basically a dynamic warm up. You can do some static stretches as well. I found that to be beneficial. I static stretch my hip flexors um, with a resistance band. Once again, I anchor it to a pole. I put my whole leg through so it's up under my glute, the band. That knee, um, sorry, that leg that is um, anchored, sorry, that leg where the resistance band is around my leg, I'm going to put that knee on the ground and then I'm going to squeeze my glute through. Uh, and I'm just going to get a really good stretch from my hip flexor so I can do my um, squats and make sure my posture is all good. And then the last bit is just going to be activation. So um, before all my weight sessions, I activate my glutes, activate my knees, um, sometimes activate my hamstrings as well. Basically, what you can do for glutes is you can put a resistance band around um, the top of your knees and then do lateral walks. So you can effectively just walk side to side. You can walk forward to back. You can just do little half squats with your knees out, um, pushing your knees out. It's going to warm up the glute medius, which stabilizes the knee and stabilizes the hip altogether. Um, so that's activation. Then the next bit we're going to look at is the order of exercises. So um, this is quite a weightlifting specific thing, and this is how I order my things. Um, but you know, if you're a, if you're a sports specific training person, you know. Like, for example, if you're a swimmer, then obviously these things aren't going to be as applicable to you. It's more like listen to your coach because they most likely know what they're doing. Um, but if you're training to be an athlete in the gym, um, this is applicable to you. So the first thing we're going to start with is power. Um, so this is like your one reps, two reps, fast. These aren't grinder reps. These aren't fatigue reps. These are basically as fresh as you possibly can. So this is jumps, throws, Olympic weightlifting variations, if you do some, like I do, um, you know, I just want to be fresh. I want to be explosive. I want to have that quick touch off the ground. So for example, I do, in my power segment, I'll do, let's say I'll do a, um, a hang power snatch. It sounds more complex than what it actually is. Basically, it's basically the top half of a, a power snatch. Um, and I'll also, I'll start with some box jumps. I've started doing some depth box jumps to try and get, so I'll basically jump off a little box and then hit the ground and explode onto a bigger box. Um, this is basically just getting that quick touch on the ground. So that's the power, then move on to strength. Um, so strength work is going to be, you know, bench, squat, deadlift, variations of those things, lower reps, um, don't feel like you have to grind out the reps, but these typically are going to be slower reps because they are strength and you're pushing in those higher percentages if you one rep max. So um, this might look like 
you know, six sets of two or six sets of three or um, five sets of five sets of one even um, in, let's say, squats. Uh, if it's a lower body day bench press or an overhead press if it's an upper body day. Um, and you can even split that down into like reverse lunges and things like that. But overall, if you're a somewhat inexperienced trainee or, you know, you haven't been training too long, like I wouldn't even consider myself to be to have been training too long. And this is my shit. I think I'm like five, six years in the game now. So been training a while, um, but that's when I do my strength work. So it's lower reps um, and it's mainly higher percentage of, higher percentages of our one rep max. Um, but not maxing out every rep. Don't definitely don't do that. Um, and then we'll move on to hypertrophy work. So this is more like your quote unquote bodybuilding work where you're going to, you know, look for more of getting bigger, stronger muscles. Um, so hypertrophy work, obviously, like I've talked about three to four, you know, even two to four sets of, you know, eight to 12 reps, um, can even push up to from maybe six to 15 reps. Um, so, you know, so these are where you're going to do your accessory works, like your pull-ups, chin-ups, um, even, you know, little things like bicep curls, calf raises, hamstring curls, you know, these are your accessory movements. Um, and then the last bit is going to be conditioning. So this is where I like to do some high intensity stuff. Um, for me, a standard little conditioning segment would be, um, on the ski erg today, I did 10 rounds of 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off um, at a minimum 150 meters each time. Um, and, you know, those last two, I'm going all out and just leaving nothing in the tank. And at the end of it, I have to lie down for like two to three minutes to fully get back. I'm dripping in sweat, but, you know, it's a good way to leave the gym after that um, to know that you've done a really good job and really put all your eggs into one basket and gone fully intense. Um, sorry, gone at a full intensity. I didn't really word that very well, uh, which moves, moves me as a nice segue onto the next point, which is intensity. Now, a lot of people think you have to go balls to the wall every workout. Um, it's just not true. Uh, really, what we're trying to do is progress over time um, in volume, in quality of the work. You know, that's what I've learned in, maybe in the last year or so is, pardon me, the quality is so much more important than the quantity. Um, I'm probably actually, in terms of my working sets, they've probably gone down by about 30%, but the quality is so much better of the work I'm doing. Um, and my exercise, my training economy, exercise economy, um, like I said in the last episode, is much better. So the three points I have here is um, are leave one to two reps in reserve. Now, this is not training to failure, all right? People will think you have to train to failure. You don't. When you train to failure, what I typically have found is number one, it's your muscles fatigue way too quickly for the quality of work. You know, so if you train to failure, let's say three sets at the beginning of your workout, I would argue that the rest of your workout is, you know, the rest of the exercises you're doing are heavily compromised by that fatigue and that buildup of lactic acid. So I always leave one to two reps in reserve, no matter what I'm doing, whether it be power, strength, hypertrophy, and not so much conditioning. You can, Because you're not under heavy load with conditioning, you can pretty much go to near failure. It's it's pretty difficult to go to failure on conditioning. Um, you'd have to be borderline passed out to go to failure on conditioning. Um, so leave one to two reps in reserve. 
don't train to failure, like I've already said, and lift with intent. So that's basically knowing what exercise you're doing, knowing what muscle groups, um, what joints are working. So for example, with a deadlift, you're looking, it's mainly a hip extension movement. So basically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to push really hard away from the ground and bring my hips through explosively to extend the hips um, and focus on obviously the glutes and the hamstrings doing most of the work. Uh, So with intent, you know, you want to be doing everything as it would be at the appropriate intensity. So the power work is obviously very fast and explosive. The strength work is maximal strength. You know, you're pushing as hard, pushing as hard as you can while leaving one to two reps in reserve. And then hypertrophy work is um, maybe a little bit slower, maybe a little bit more time under tension. You know, that I guess bodybuilders call it the mind-muscle connection. You're trying to develop the weaknesses in your muscles um, to help move the body forward as a um, cohesive unit rather than just um, a few muscle groups doing all the work. And then obviously your conditioning is, that's a pretty high intensity is you're going to be your conditioning. Um, Obviously, if you're doing long slow distance running, then your intensity isn't very high. Whereas if you're doing sprints, um, which wouldn't so much be conditioning, but if you are doing sprints, um, obviously the intensity is very strong, very high. Pardon me, got a fucking sore throat. Got to have a drink. Jeez, I bet bet that sounds good on the microphone, that fucking three second sound bite of me just drinking water. Um, so we've gone through nutrition, warm-up, order of exercises, intensity, and the very last bit is going to be post-workout, nutrition, and recovery. Now, we're going to include the warm down here. Um, I like to do this especially on my lower body days because, you know, I've found, I've done some experimentation on my body. Like I, um, I always do experiment, like I'll never say this on the podcast, um, I'll never say anything on the podcast that I haven't put into practice myself. So basically what I try to do is I've done lower body sessions where I haven't warmed down afterwards. Um, and I've done lower body sessions where I have warmed down and stretched afterwards. And the difference is huge in terms of recovery. When I don't warm down, I feel so sore the next day. And when I do warm down, it's like nothing happened at all. So, you know, I think that's a pretty good indication that a warm down is effective. Um, so I'll just, in terms of warm down, you know, I'll just do a maybe five minutes walking on the treadmill at a pretty light pace, just getting the blood flowing back around, uh, back around the body, making sure that I'm not keeping all the, leaving all the blood in the legs um, and the buildup of lactic acid. It just helps get the blood moving. You know what I mean? Um, then I have, so it can be reoxygenated. Then we have the... Uh, stretching portion. So I'll just get a a mat. I'll stretch out the hip flexors, spend a bit of time stretching out the hamstrings, the calves, the adductors, lower back, um, the glutes. These are all muscles that get tight when I train lower body. So I'll make sure that I'm, you know, stretching them out. Um, And then we move on to post-workout nutrition and recovery. So immediately, this is just me and my preferential thing. Um, I don't actually enjoy drinking protein shakes. Um, You don't have to drink protein shakes. You certainly don't. But I've found that it's a really easy way to just get down whey protein. Um, And so I do two scoops, which is 50 grams uh, of whey protein isolate straight after my workout. If you guys, I don't get, um, obviously I'm not (laughs) endorsed by anyone, 
But if you want an easy protein powder that does the job, I've never had a problem with it. Um, Optimum Nutrition Gold Standard Whey is an excellent product. I've found, you know, it's very mixes very well. The taste is pretty good depending on what um, flavor you get. I get chocolate malt because it just, it tastes probably the best of all of them. Uh, I haven't tried them all, but it tastes of the best I have uh, tried. And then some form of carbohydrates. So this is going to be the time. Remember I've talked about previously, if you're going to have, you know, sweets or things like that, this is going to be the time where I would recommend them, you know, because we're going to attempt to spike insulin, um, which is the most anabolic hormone in the body, you know, so that we can most effectively put those carbs to good use, um, put those carbs, put those protein to good use, but especially the carbohydrates in terms of um, developing, sorry, uh, what am I trying, what's the word? Replenishing, that's the right word. Replenishing the glycogen stores in the muscles, which is glycogen is basically um, carbohydrates that we've taken in, body converts it to glucose, either uses it as energy, stores it in the muscles to be used later, or in the liver, uh, as glycogen also to be used later, or it stores it as body fat. So, um, so this is the time when you know if you can whack down you know five red snakes um, for twenty grams of carbohydrates, twenty grams, maybe 15, 20 grams of sugar. This is the time when you get that in. Is it ideal? No. You know, are you better to have a whole food meal with you know great veggies and a, you know a steak and uh, steak or chicken and, you know, potatoes probably are. Yeah. But realistically, fuck that shit. Like, <laughs> In my opinion, if I've just trained hard for 90 minutes, I don't want to have to go home and spend 35, 40 minutes cooking a fucking gourmet meal when I can slam two, sh- two scoops of protein and get the same macronutrients from, you know, two scoops of protein and a, and a handful of sweets. So um, it's not ideal, but it definitely works. It has worked for me for a very long time. Uh, and then the recovery is, this is basically all the time you're not in the gym. So under recovery, I have sleep, food, and stretching. So sleep, aim for about eight hours, uninterrupt, preferably uninterrupted. But um, if you can mainly get, what's eight times seven? 56, I think. Is it? Fuck me. I don't, I don't even know. Um, if you can mainly get this amount of sleep, um, yeah, 56. So if you can total 56 hours over the week, um, then that's a pretty good, pretty good sleep schedule. Um, because remember the body doesn't grow, sorry, the body doesn't adapt when we, um, when we're awake and when we're training, It, it adapts when we're sleeping. So if you're looking to build muscle, you're growing when you're sleeping. Remember that. Um, so in terms of sleep, plenty of sleep. If you can even do more sleep than that, it's recommended. But obviously, if you're a busy person and can only do eight hours, then that's still a great amount of sleep. Uh, then we have food. You know, Like I've said before, balanced diet. Make sure you're getting in plenty of fruits and vegetables, good quality cuts of protein, good carbohydrates, also plenty of dietary fat. So we can remember dietary fat if you're an athlete um, is, you know, it's so important because it produces, it helps hormone production, helps produce testosterone, um, which is going to be a huge advantage to you if you're an athlete um, and need to, you know, really amp shit up. You know, if you do power sports, if you do strength sports, rugby, weightlifting, 
absolutely anything, swimming 50 meters, whatever the fuck it is. Um, and then stretching, you know, so this isn't something that's a huge deal, but if you can just give yourself five to 10 minutes every day where you just have a light little static stretch um, or and some foam rolling, um, then that's pretty good. So that's 24 minutes. Um, they're my five steps for the perfect workout. Obviously, perfect is um, an arbitrary term, but, you know, I think they're five steps that if you can implement, I think workouts will get better. I know I've implemented them and they have gotten much better for me. Um, so it's going to be Thursday today. You know, I am off to, off to Bowral this weekend. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The boys are playing, looking forward to it, looking forward to getting back to it. Um, and, uh, sorry, I've got just gone. I've been spitting fire for 25 minutes and my head sort of fried. So, uh, I hope you guys have a good weekend. I know I will. And I'll catch you guys next Tuesday.